All right, guys, welcome to this episode of Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 5, called The Bells. And uh, in this episode, we're just going to be discussing what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, uh, and just general thoughts. So, Nick, what do you think about The Bells? Hmm. Um, okay, I think before we talk about what we did and didn't like, or just our overall thoughts, I think we should just talk about... <sighs> Okay, I think we should just talk about specifically what we liked about this episode, what we didn't like, and just what we think is going to happen. I don't know. I just don't want to start off with that. I just because I know I know a lot. Of this is the most divisive like episode that Game of Thrones has ever had. So okay. I, I think we should just talk about. We should start off first with what we liked about this episode. So I'm going to ask you, what did you like about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. I actually thought that everything in this episode was pretty great, um, except for the writing. Um, I think visually, this was arguably one of the best, or maybe even the best of Game of Thrones uh, ever. Maybe second to Battle of the Bastards. But visually, I think this episode was pretty damn great. Uh, The cinematography was great. Um, The first shots that come to mind are the shots of Tyrion looking through the destroyed wall into King's Landing and the shot of the stairs on the Red Keep looking up at Clegane Bowl. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So visually, I thought it was pretty great. The visual, the visual effects were great. Um, obviously, Drogon burning King's Landing looked good. All the fight scenes looked good. There was really no sloppy cgi that i noticed except maybe one of the early scenes of drogon flying over king's landing no there i'm gonna point this out right now because i immediately pointed it out when watching when watching with my group of friends um when drogon pops in and burns uh the golden army the golden company whatever the hell they're called um when he comes in and he burns them and you see them running through into king's landing there is a shot that like is green screens like a hundred percent. Like I said, I was like, whoa, that is really bad CGI. And everybody just looked at me and they were like, yeah, that they definitely did not put money in the budget. I think most of the budget for this season went to this episode, if I'm being honest. Or the dragons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, also that reminded me the shot, the very, well, not the very first scene, but one of the earliest scenes in the episode is the shot of Drogon coming out of the shadows when he's going to burn Varys. I thought that shot was really, really good. Yeah, for you know, sure. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. That was... I thought that shot was great. Yeah, yeah. That scene with Varys, that was easily the dopest scene for, like, the entire episode. Just the way that, like, also Daenerys says Dracarys. She's, like, soothing. I don't even... <laughs> like, it was it was good. I liked in this when you see Drogon pop out and roast him. Um... Arya also had like this almost uh, like mini one take. It reminded me a lot of uh, John's from Battle of the Bastards, which makes sense because uh, it's the same director uh, where she's running through King's Landing while Drogon is burning everything behind her. And it was a little neat. It was a sh- it was a neat shot, but it didn't go on for as long as I liked. But that was um. But the cinematography in this episode was not the problem. The visuals were not the problem in this episode. I thought everything I thought everything besides the writing was fantastic actually. 
Um, I was gonna say that the shots of Arya running, running through like King's Landing and all that, and her, you know, falling and just like it's very suffocating. That was so reminiscent of Battle of the Bastards. Absolutely, I, like, I kept thinking of Battle of the Bastards. What I think also that this episode does well, which I will say that episode three, um, the Battle of Winterfell, the Long Night, uh, whatever you want to refer to it as, um, what they that episode didn't do well is that watching episode three. I kind of, I don't know. I kind of had a feeling that nobody was really going to die. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just felt like the stakes weren't very high. Mm-hmm. Watching, watching, watching this episode, um, I was very kind of just like on my feet. Like, yo, like what's, what's going to happen? Like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? Like, I was constantly just, just thinking of like, oh crap, this is about to happen. Or like, holy shit. Like, Daenerys is literally burning innocent people mm-hmm. like the the bell scene um I thought that was a pretty like the writing of it yeah we I, you know it, it, it's not great but Amelia Clark first of all did a great job of like expressing emotion of her just being pissed off agreed I was scene. also gonna say the acting the acting in this episode was, was really good as well yeah you're right about you're right um, about Amelia Clark yeah so that scene with the bells it was like oh okay like here we go. Like the bells, like the bells are rung. Let's see what happens. And then we just see her go crazy, not crazy, but we just see her say, you know, fuck it. And just, she's going to burn all of King's Landing. And then we get that shot of Grey Worm also picking up his spear, slinging his head. <sighs> yeah. You didn't like that scene of Grey Worm? I mean, I guess it makes a little more sense for Grey Worm to kind of go crazy like that. Uh, but I don't know. It didn't, it, I don't know. It doesn't feel right for his character, which we are going to get to later. We're going to be talking about all this in depth when we get to what we didn't like about the episode, but continue, continue on with what you were saying. Um, but yeah, I, I just overall, like, I think this episode, I, I think a lot of the frustration that people have with this episode is not with the way it looks. It's really, I, I'm going to, even go say it's not really of how things are happening it's just that things are happening so fast and that the show has never done this the show has always been that it was it was planned there was a development to the character um so i think i think a lot of people are just upset that the time constraint is just affecting you know it's just affecting the show that it's not making it this season is not like the past seasons and i think um I think that people just need to come to terms with that, even though it's hard to just because, you know, Game of Thrones has been this show where they took their time and they made sure everything was, you know, right. But it's it's just to the point that you could tell I'm like they're they just they they opted for six episodes. Um, they, when they didn't have, have to. It they was revealed that to. they didn't have to. And I think they're done with Game of Thrones. Like, you know what I mean? Like. They just, this is probably just something, you know, I'm just, I'm obviously generalizing and I'm just assuming, but it just seems like, yeah, they're done. They're done with Game of Thrones. They don't want to be doing this anymore. They have other projects, you know, they're going to be making that new Star Wars trilogy. They're going to be, you know, we were just talking about before we started recording Confederate by D.B. Weiss is coming out or supposed to be coming out. So let's, I don't think that's going to be made anymore. If I'm being honest, is it D.B. Weiss or Benioff or is it both? I think it's just, it might be both. I don't know. I'm 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 like 90% sure it's both of them. Really? Okay. But let's see what happens. 
you know, it just seems that, you know, hey, like they were the the time. Yeah, it is both of them, by the way. Um, oh, God. It, it's just that, you know, hey, this is it is what it is. You know, we have to accept it, whether we like it or not. I mean, we have to accept it, but that doesn't mean we have to like it. Oh, yeah, of course. And like I've noticed a lot of things with people are like, oh, just enjoy the show. Stop complaining all over Twitter. But uh, yeah, it, it also takes away it also takes away the fact that it's like, hey, you could you could watch something and still not enjoy it. You don't have to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um I've gotten I've got I've actually gotten a lot of replies like that to a lot of my tweets, uh, because for me, I've been watching Game of Thrones really since like season three was airing live. So I've been watching Game of Thrones live. For a little while, I took a break in between, but I started watching it when season three was actually on air. So I've had a lot mm-hmm. of uh, time invested into the show, and I really genuinely do love this show. So this episode, this season has been so disappointing to me. And because I love this show so much, it kind of like hits me harder. Because I, like I said before, I've invested so much time into this that it saddens me to see the way that the show has gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have the right to air my frustrations out. But um, I don't agree with a lot of the th- things that people are saying online, like, oh, just enjoy the show. You can still, art and media is made to be enjoyed and critiqued alike. Yeah. No piece of art is above being critiqued, whether it's good or not. If something is good, you know, everyone has the right to say it's good. If people disagree, they have the right to say why they think they don't agree. But uh, I don't agree with all just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. You know, you can just enjoy something. But if you really don't, if you really don't agree that something is made well or that it's good. I believe, you know, you have the right to air it out. Yeah, like with me, like I still enjoy watching the show. It doesn't mean that I don't have issues with what's happening. I think that's like kind of hard for some people not to understand, but it's just, I don't know. People just see it as complaining. But, you know, the show, it's just they needed, had this season been 10 episodes, I think they could have pulled it off. Had it been 10 episodes, they could have pulled it off. I agree. You know, and um, one of my friends, not- one of my friends actually texts me. Um, he texts me this Monday night, and he asks me, "If you could have written this episode, what would you have done differently?" Yeah. And I sent him a lot of messages, but really, one of my main points was that th- me fixing this episode wouldn't have been just rewriting this episode. It would actually have to be a change of not just this season but last season as well can you imagine if season seven would have been a 10 episode season all normal length you know 60 minutes Mm -hmm. maybe have the last two be 80 minutes and end Mm -hmm. the season with the battle of winterfell so end the season with the night king dying there you have Mm -hmm. that whole season building up the night king and having uh the living fighting the dead you know, fighting them in the last hearth. You can even drag that plot line out, which is what a lot of people expected and wanted. And then you could have this mm-hmm. last season focus on Cersei and uh, Daenerys going Mad Queen. 
So not only in this last 10 episodes, you have the battle for the living, but you have 10 episodes to further the develop Daenerys turning into this mad queen. Mm-hmm. And then ending yeah. the season, you know, you have whatever Daenerys die or John die or whoever's going to die in like episode nine and then have the last hour of the show dedicated to kind of like an epilogue. Because I really don't see how they're going to wrap up everything in the show yeah. in one episode. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I see an issue that people have is they're like, oh, this was clearly foreshadowed that Daenerys was going to go mad. Yeah, it was. It was clearly foreshadowed. I don't think, I think a lot of like, this just goes back to the point. People don't really have a problem with what's happening. People have a problem that it's happening like that in the, in the, in the span of an episode. And I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there because I have a I made a lot of my frustrations with Daenerys going Mad Queen public, um, especially on Twitter. And I'm on the stance that I'm not upset with the fact that she went mad because I've said on this show before that I do think that she's going to end up going mad. And yeah, I may not like it, but it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is how quickly it happened and how sudden it feels. Because yeah, it's been foreshadowed before, but it's truly only been foreshadowed once in season two. It doesn't two. feel earned. I, I agree. The, people, people look at that scene from season two when she's having those visions and she sees King's Landing and Ash. Um, that's really only the that's really the only foreshadowing that I can think of that fits. Because, well, I, we're going to get to that later. I don't want to talk about that right now, but we're going to get to that um, later. What did you think of, hmm, let's see, who should we start with? Um, I guess we could start with Jamie and, and that whole dynamic. Uh, <clears throat> did you, I don't know, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? Because I'm going to say this, I'm happy, not, <sighs> I'm okay with the way he died. The way he died, it doesn't bother me. What led up to that is what's kind of annoying. Like the whole Euron like fight, that was the most un <laughs> that was so unnecessary. That was clearly I don't know why they put that in there. Like it just didn't serve a purpose like at all. And watching that when him and Jamie were fighting and he stabs Jamie and I was I I, I said I was like oh my god. They're really going to kill him like this. This is seriously how this character ends. Hopefully, I mean, well, thankfully, that's not how it ended. Um, but still, like that whole fight scene was just kind of, it was just, it wasn't necessary. You know, you could have had Jamie reunite with Cersei differently. I don't know. I, don't, I just feel like he didn't have to go and fight Euron for him. I don't know. I just didn't. That was just to kill off the character at that point. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think the character assassination of Jamie Lannister is by far the biggest offense in season eight. After seven seasons of buildup and seven seasons of development where this character was rightly regarded as arguably the best character in your show and such a staple in character development and character arc. Mm -hmm. To just completely take it and just take a huge dump on it in the final season. And the final episodes of the season is so, I don't even want to say offensive, but it's so frustrating where this character went from such a good character, a well-developed character, incredibly well-written. And he was basically negated back 
to the person he was in season one, episode one. And there's a scene in particular, which was actually probably my favorite scene in the, in the episode when Tyrion helps Jamie escape from Daenerys's uh, prison. Yeah. I say prison very loosely. Hmm. And Tyrion basically tells Jamie, Hey, go ring the bells so they can surrender and we can go in with, you know, no harm, no foul. So then um, mm-hmm. Jamie's like, you know, I never really cared about the innocence. Yeah, I didn't and, like that. And to me, that is so stupid because like literally his whole entire arc is built on the fact that he killed his <laughs> king because he ordered his pyromancer to kill millions of innocents. Yeah. Like he literally even tells Brienne that in one of the most famous scenes of Game of Thrones which is the scene of Jamie and Brienne in the bathtub where Jamie actually tells the true story of what happens when what happened when he killed Aerys the Mad. Yeah. So yeah. for him to say this makes no sense for his character when literally the whole point of his arc was him sh- like shunning his honor for the good of the people. For then him to say that he doesn't care about innocence, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Or it does make sense. It's just that it, it looks like the writers just didn't give a shit. Yeah. It, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, I agree with you on that. But you could also make the argument that, man, Jamie Lannister's story is supposed to be a tragedy. It wasn't. That's, that's it, kind of what I have to accept now. It's, it's a tragedy. It wasn't, it just didn't go the way that people thought. He didn't redeem himself. He, he you know, he, he went back to his addiction. He went back to I'd honestly, But honestly, I'd still say he redeemed himself, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he redeemed himself. I think himself. him going north is, is a redemption. I would say that just this ending uh, kind of put a damper on that. But my problem with him being a tragic figure now is that it was building him up to be something greater. But I guess at the end of the day, that's I guess that's what makes him a tragic figure. But I would say it's but honestly, I would say it's not a tragic figure like your typical Shakespearean tragedies, but more of a tragic figure of like the writing that's tragic, if I'm being honest, because <laughs> it was just a dis- no, I, I'm being serious because it was such a disservice to him. That's honestly the tragedy that I'm leaning towards. Like, damn, this, this writing in this season sucks. I'm sorry you had to be a part of this. I'm I'm glad my boy Theon got to die before they could ruin him. You know, I just, I keep telling, like, I feel like a broken record every time I say this. Like, the season is like this because they don't have time. That's, that's I it. know, like, but that, that doesn't make it, th- yeah, that but, doesn't make yeah, it okay. But what, I'm, but what I'm saying is, is like, we can't fix it. Like, and it's just, it's oh just, yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, this was, this was the most divisive episode in Game of Thrones for a reason. Um, it's the lowest rated episode on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm gonna say one percent. I'm, I'm gonna go. It's literally fifty fifty with people that like this that liked this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say fifty fifty. It was just it, like it's just divisive. Like I don't really know what else to say. Like it's just yeah. it leaves me wondering like what is gonna happen? What is gonna happen? Because you know we see Daenerys just burn an entire you know city. Um, you know, it also kind of makes sense uh, because, you know, she was talking to John in that one scene where she's like, oh, like nobody here loves me. Like, I don't have love. I only have fear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a way, her burning that entire city 
I'm not justifying it, but what I'm saying is, is that she's, she's eliminating a generation. She's eliminating a group of people. So the next group that grows up under her reign only knows her as being, you know, hopefully a good queen unless she goes fucking crazy. I mean, Um, if I'm being honest, I don't see how she can possibly be thinking that in that moment. In that moment, I really do think it's all just rage. It's just rage and and frustration. And she's just taking it out on King's Landing. She's taking out a generation to create a new one, basically. But she's radicalizing a group of people that survive. It's very interesting just to to see. Like, I just feel like they've... I don't know. I feel like they've clearly... I'm not going to say they've set up her fate. Because to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, next episode, she just burns everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, It just... It wouldn't... And leave me surprised if she just ends up being queen and, you know, by killing everybody, but she gets what she wanted finally. But I don't think you know, is it really like that. I don't even have a prediction for how the show is going to end just because I think there's so much stuff that they need to cover. And I don't. And one episode, the show has to end. There's basically an hour left of Game of Thrones and they have to tie up all the loose plot threads that are left hanging. Um, but so do you want to talk about Daenerys now or do you want to talk yeah, about other yeah. things? And then, okay, so we'll talk about Daenerys now. Okay, so my main problem was that, yes, Daenerys has been foreshadowed to turn into the Mad Queen the entire series. But mm-hmm. jumping from the idea of her being cruel to her burning a million civilians who pose no threat to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a massive leap that the writing doesn't support. Yeah. So, for example, yes, we have the scene foreshadowing King's Landing and Ash back in season two. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll take that. That's fine. That is prior setup to this moment. My problem is, is that we see it happen in the course of, what, one season? Because prior to this, Daenerys was a character who had cruel tendencies towards her enemies. But one thing about Daenerys that always stayed consistent was that she never harmed civilians and that she never harmed innocent people. And if you go back all the way back until season three, when I think they first go to Yunkai or Asapor, forget which one they go to first. But Daenerys basically makes a huge point. It's when she frees the Unsullied. And she basically makes a huge point. Kill all your masters, but do not harm a single woman or child. Yeah. So that's okay. That's one example. Then it's when they go to Yonkai and Daenerys finds out that there's, I think there's like 300,000, 200,000 slaves in the city. And Mm -hmm. Daenerys makes it a point to liberate the city to save those innocent people who were, you know, taken into chains. And, you know, whatever. She massacres the masters. But my point is, is that Daenerys has always been a character who's very harsh to her enemies and unforgiving to her enemies. But when it comes to innocent people, she is very caring for them and very giving. And my biggest example of this is that time when Drogon burned the innocent child alive. And mm-hmm. back in season four, and a huge part of Daenerys' development and character 
was yeah, she literally changed them up. <laughs> was her being so distraught about this that she literally chains up her babies, her children. She chains them up underneath the city. And that was huge for her. That was a huge moment for Daenerys because before this, she was the mother of dragons. And, you know, she took her dragons with her every, everywhere she went and she was really proud of them. And because of her decisions to do this, she even gains the nickname Misa. This is a little bit before, but she mm-hmm. even gains the nickname Misa, which is mother. You know, the mother of the city and and uh, of the people. So, and she even has a line, I don't want another ch- uh, child's bones dropped at my feet. So for her to go from someone who's, who is cruel to her enemies and kind to her people, for her to go from that to straight up just slaughtering millions in King's Landing, so quickly and so abruptly it just doesn't make sense and now i know a lot of people are going to be are going to be saying oh but that was back in season five we're in season eight now my point is is that even when she landed in king's landing she had her advisors still checking her kind of cruel tendencies towards her enemies even when she kidnapped the tarleys she gave the tarleys an opportunity to bend the knee and when the two people who didn't and basically said that they would never bend the knee to her. She killed them because they were threats. She didn't. It's not like she killed every single mm-hmm. Tarly that was there. She killed mm-hmm. the two who didn't bend the knee, which you're telling me Ned Stark wouldn't do that? Or maybe not Ned Stark, but you're telling me that almost any other character in the show wouldn't do that? It's just that Daenerys' plot development just happens, or character development just happens so abruptly in this episode. Like, why didn't she go mad? If you're going to make her go mad queen, why wouldn't she go mad queen when Rhaegal died or when Viserion died or when Jorah died or when Missandei died? When does she go mad queen when the battle is already won and King's Landing is basically already hers? It doesn't make sense. And it feels it it feels very lazy. You know, I'm not going to say it's lazy, but it's just because I genuinely believe, you know, I genuinely believe that the writers think that what they're doing is right. It seems that the way they um, they have their characters develop is very different to George R. R. Martin, which is clear. I feel like George R. R. Martin. He, I don't even know how to explain it. I feel like I feel like D and D kind of just rely heavily on on shock. You know what I mean? On shock, like oh my gosh, this is happening. Like instead of I don't know, instead of developing it and then being like oh crap, like. I- I don't know I, I i'm just trying to word it and i can't really find it but i feel like they rely more on shock and just to shock you for the sake of shocking you. Mm-hmm, i agree i just feel like the way they made her act it's oh it's shocking yeah but it's just kind of like okay like everyone knew this was probably gonna happen but you could have just you know laid the breadcrumbs there so it makes more sense that's just it that, that's i feel like that's just it like that's really it how did you feel about um how did you feel about Jon Snow like this um, whole episode? I just feel like the character of Jon Snow has been just dumb, just yeah, like I I feel like the writers think Jon is an idiot. He um, just feels he feels sidelined, which is really sad considering that the show had built him up to be I don't want to say the main hero, but one of the main characters and someone of importance since you know, he was brought back from the dead, but really he hasn't done anything. What was he brought back from the dead for? To kill Ramsey? Uh, I don't buy that. To kill Daenerys when 
he does eventually kill Daenerys. Anyone could kill Daenerys right now. Why does it, why would it have to be Jon to make it more tragic that the woman she loves, that the guy he loves is, is killing her? That's yeah. just lazy. What is yeah. John has John's revival really kind of loses its impact because of the mm. events of season eight, I believe. Really, what has he done? Yeah, he. I mean, the Night King really just sort of done walked into his own death. So, but what is it? What is? What else is there for him to do this season? I guess he's kind of been bending the knee to Daenerys the whole time, just kind of following her around. Um, mm-hmm. His Targaryen line- lineage reveal has really only been used to further the plot and to further Daenerys's plot, which is really mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. That whole R plus L equals J thing, which people have been speculating for for years. To finally be revealed is just a plot device. And now John feels like a secondary character. Why? He's the king of the north, but why was his own army not listening to him? Yeah, that was uh that was just shot shot. Yeah, you see, it's shocking. It's oh crap, they're not listening to him. Like what is what does he do? Like you you got what I mean? They rely on shock. They're relying on shock. Also, another thing that that <laughs> We didn't talk about it earlier, but I, we'll, we'll talk about it later because I want to talk about the Golden Company later. I mean, the Golden Company, well, there's not much to say. They were pointless. Like, I mean, do you want to talk about the Golden Company now? I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, don't I, think, feel, I, don't, I have nothing else more to say about Jon Snow. Neither do I. But okay, like what I'm going to say about the Golden Company is like, I feel like there's not much to say about them either. They were literally just there for the purpose. <laughs> the, the Golden Company was there for the purpose of having the dragon completely destroy them. Did you know had, that? We'll continue. Um, they had to nerf, like, I understand what, why they nerfed the dragons so much. They nerfed the dragons for this episode. That's it. That's all they did. And I'm okay with it. It's just, I don't know. They could have done it better, but you could always say, you could say that for anything. But yes, the, the dragons were nerfed throughout the entire show for, for this episode, just to see Drogon go in and destroy everything. Did you know that? Ed Sheeran in this show has more lines than the leader of the Golden Company. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something like that. And um, it's so sad seeing like um, a faction who is so important in the books and has been so hyped up in the show since season seven or season six. Uh-huh. I don't remember which season it's revealed that they're coming, but they've been hyped up for a while. And then now, okay, my problem is, is that they don't, is that, isn't that they got wrecked because obviously. They're fighting a dragon. I'm expecting them to get absolutely shitted on. But I don't know. I just think it's funny how they've been so hyped up for a while. And then they just kind of the guy, their leader has like two lines. Yeah. They kind of gets melted. Yeah. Which which is whatever. It's not the biggest offense, but whatever. It's like, but back to what I'm saying, it goes back to the way they're writing to make people shocked. Like, Oh, the golden companies, let's see what they do. Let's see what they do. Boom, they're dead. Oh, they're dead. wow. Like, oh, and gone. also, also, I thought that the Dothraki died. Like, I thought literally every, like, it was a huge point that Daenerys lost the Dothraki army. But then they're charging the Golden Company in this episode and riding through the streets of King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Did I miss something in episode three or episode four where they got resuscitated like what what's that all about like they we literally saw the dothraki die now well, someone's probably we gonna that only half of them gonna, die yeah clearly now but like <laughs> no, I, and i know last so, episode but like come on like <laughs> what do they say 
oh, when they're doing that whole plan and all that, and they're, they they literally just kind of let it known that half of the army is dead from the Battle of Winterfell. That half of the Unsullied are dead, half of the Darthaki are dead, half of the Northerners are pretty much dead. Wow, so how they're convenient. just down to half. How convenient. Yes, exactly. Yes. I want to talk about one character in specific who I feel was very poorly handled in the show. Um, and that character is Euron Greyjoy. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Euron in the books? Um, yeah, I am. I know the actor that plays Bress that he was is not very you know, he wasn't the happiest with how his character was dealt with in this show, like at all. So <laughs> in the books, Euron is a badass to the point where he's almost overpowered. Yeah. Um, you know, he has the horn that controls the dragons, he has a Valyrian steel suit of armor. Uh, he's traveled all across the world, you know, gaining all these relics and artifacts and shit. He's a very interesting character in the books. Mm-hmm. In this show, he is so one dimensional. And he is such an unapologetic plot device that he's literally his only function in the show is literally just to serve as a tool for the writers to bring conflict to bring conflict into the heroes of the story like he 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 his purpose was to magically be transported to hugely improbable locations for the sake of causing problems for a specific plot relevant character yara theon jamie cersei yeah. mm-hmm. like you're telling me that Tyrion tells jamie about the super secret beach in king's landing that's super secret. No one knows about it. But there's a boat there waiting to take Jamie and Cersei out of Euron his landing. Pops up. And as Jamie is arriving to the super secret beach, Euron arrives on the super secret beach at the same time. And then he decides to fight Jamie. Yeah. Instead of just leaving. Instead of leaving. And Euron's been showed to have been uh, an opportunist. Yeah. To take every opportunity yeah. he can to live or to, to scheme or cheat his way out of something. Why didn't he just take the boat and leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep. I guess I guess him fighting Jamie kind of sort of makes sense with this character, but I'd say him being an opportunist is more important to Euron's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would have made more sense for him to just take the boat. But my point is, is that he has been so poorly handled and so poorly written. I honestly, genuinely think he's the worst written character in the show, and it sucks because in the books he's probably one of the most interesting. Probably the last thing that we have to touch on. Um, it's, it's probably Varys and, you know, we only see him in the first 10 minutes of the episode, right? 10, 15 minutes, maybe. How did you feel about his character going out? I mean, we do see that he's writing all these letters of, you know, John is the true heir. Does he send them out? I don't think it's really established if he does or if he doesn't. I don't think it's going to matter. I think I it really might don't play think it's going to matter. It's one, there's one episode left. It's not going to matter. Who knows, man? You never know. You never know. Okay, well, here's what I think of that scene. I think it's kind of fucked up how Tyrion rats out arguably his only friend left in the world mm-hmm. for treason. And then 10 minutes later commits treason. Well, you also have to remember, though, I'm OK with that because it's just, hey, man, they have to survive. And you could tell kind of in before Varys dies, like you could tell that he doesn't seem mad at Tyrion. He's kind of he's understanding of what happens. Like he gets it. He, he gets that Varys knows the game. He knows but nothing would have happened to Tyrion if, like, nothing would have happened to Tyrion if he never would have ratted out Varys. 
Because at this point, I don't think Daenerys knew that she had someone. She thought it was John. Daenerys thinks it's John. We see that in that interaction with her and um and Tyrion. She's like, oh, someone's betrayed me. She says Jon Snow and Tyrion's like Varys. So I think if you have to save the one true heir to the throne or Varys, you're picking the one true heir to the throne to save. I mean, I guess, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I'm saying it partly. And I, and I, yeah. I'm saying partly because, you know, it's just funny how it happened and how like quickly it happened. But I, I understand why he did it. It's just, I don't know. Varys was one of my favorite characters. Um, I thought his ending was pretty badass. You know, he took that shit like a man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he also says at the end, he's like, oh, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong. You could tell that he genuinely, he genuinely cares about who sits on the throne. Yeah. You know, um, he's right. He was right about in the end. He was right. <laughs> who knows, man? Who knows? No, no, bro. He's right, dude. He's right, dude. We like, don't know after, yet. We don't after know what just happened. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Obviously, um, but yeah. So it's just it's it's very it's very interesting to see what happens. You know, um, we have one episode left. We have one episode left of arguably the greatest show of all time. Arguably, I say, because um, I still think Breaking Bad is better. But yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, especially now with this new season. So what are your, uh, I guess, what are your closing thoughts? Well, I actually do want to bring up one more thing that I know you're going to disagree with me on. What? And that probably a lot of people are going to disagree with me on. I thought that last scene with Arya was really, really useless. You hated that scene, right? Yeah. I, I hated that scene because one, it felt like it served no purpose for the plot of the of the episode, it was an out of place scene hmm. where you could have completely cut that scene out of this episode, or even replaced it with something else that's more plot relevant and have made mm-hmm. the episode better. Like, why couldn't you dictate that time to for something with Daenerys to kind of show her struggles, you know, inside? Hmm. But instead, they decided to dedicate that screen time to basically say, "Hey." Look at this biblical reference that we're making. Hey guys, Arya is death. Did you know Arya is yeah. death? Well, if you didn't, now you know. Yeah. It was very, it was very, it felt very cringy and like its message was like super on the nose. And I know I, I sent you a text after this where it felt almost like the end of The Departed, where at the end of The Departed, the camera, I believe the, the last rat. shot, yeah. the camera pans the on the rat. Yeah. Yeah. And that shit was super on the nose. Like, okay, we we know the message of the of the, the movie. Yeah, and this felt the same way, except maybe I mean, not as bad. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe that's just symbolism. That yeah, she's death. She's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, man. We have Arya. We have John. Is he? Have- I don't think this has been established. I don't know. Maybe because I I don't know. This is a reach. I'm reaching a little bit. But throughout that episode, we constantly get facial reactions of John, Arya, Daenerys, and Tyrion. Um, we constantly get we're not constantly, but we we get established shots of their faces looking at like, yo, what is happening? Specifically, mm-hmm. John, Tyrion, and Arya. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I don't know. I don't really see Tyrion being that or John, John specifically. But let's see what happens, man. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, uh, st- still one more episode. So also Cersei. We forgot about Cersei. Yeah, how did we forget about that? Jesus. Okay. 
Uh, do you want to start? That's also, yeah. Okay, Us Forgetting About Cersei also shows how they have completely shunned her character this season. I would have loved to see more Cersei. I think she's one of the best characters. She might be the best character in the I show, think she, in my I opinion. think she is the best character in the show, honestly. But yeah, I, I, think, I think the way she died was kind of... I think it was fine. I was fine with the way she died. I think people were more wanted her to be killed by like Daenerys or Jon or, or Tyrion even or Jaime. Um, but you know what? I'm kind of I'm okay with her dying by being you know you know crumbled by the city that she so arrogantly thought would never fall. I agree. I, I like that. Um, I thought it was almost like kind of poetic. Um, I'm just—I'm dis- not gonna lie. I am disappointed that Jamie didn't kill her for obvious reasons. But you know, this isn't the worst way for her to go out. Um, I think it would have been better than if like Drogon had killed her or some shit. I do prefer this way. I just wish I mean, that she wasn't so underutilized this season. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it was just hopefully. Yeah, if they could go back, they should just use her a little more. Just use her more. She's a good actress. You know. Um. But unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get that, you know. Also, I low key think Kyburn had one of the best deaths in the series. Kyburn. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I really I like, think his death was one of the best in the series. It was very satisfying. But man, I love Kyburn as a character. I love it was like, yeah, I love, I love Kyburn, too. It's like it's like a reverse or well, not a reverse, but it's like. What if Frankenstein's monster had killed him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That was Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, his death was funny to watch, but man, it was it was it oh. was honestly the perfect way for him to go out. Yeah, I, I like it. I love Kyburn just because the way he talks. I find it so funny. Like it's it's just so like he's just so evil, but it's just like I don't know. I find it funny, just the way he is. I don't know. Like I find him to be a good meme, like outside of yeah. the Game of Thrones world for some reason. Oh, can we talk about Clegane Bowl? We didn't talk about Clegane Bowl. Oh, yeah. Um, it was cool, but... I mean, it was honestly, it was pretty underwhelming. It was fan service. You know, it was cool. Like, why was the mountain Why was the mountain harder to kill than the Night King? Because he's, de- he's dead. He's, he's a zombie. You can't kill him. I, I know, I know. I, I'm saying that kind of joking around, but, and also because I'm, I'm frustrated, but... <laughs> uh, it was okay. It was an okay fight, I think yeah, I thought the cool. parallels between the Hound getting wrecked, Arya getting wrecked, were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I mentioned that, I just want to say that the relationship between the Hound and Arya was was one of the best in the whole show. I love the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the way that the Hound ended up killing the Mountain was it, it came full circle. You know, the Mountain yeah. created the Hound in a pit of fire, and now. The hound is ending it all in a pit of fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you caught that, but it was pretty. No, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a little underwhelming towards the beginning, but I think it ended on a strong note. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have anything yeah. else to say? I mean, no. I, I mean, those are all my thoughts on the episode. Well, okay. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's our episode then. You know, follow us on Twitter at Inside Backlot. Send us an email at insidebaglot at gmail.com. Um, you know, we have okay. one more episode left. For Game of Thrones, not for yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's insinuated. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we have one more episode left of Game of Thrones. You know, let's see how it ends. Let's, let's see. 
let's see. I guess yeah. next episode we're just gonna go over, you know, the finale and our overall thoughts on on Game of Thrones as a series and I guess its legacy. Yeah. Um and guys also please DM us or email us uh, what you guys think of this podcast so far. I just want to go ahead and apologize for some the rough mic cuts and stuff. We are currently mm-hmm. trying to find an alternative for the way that we're recording to kind of cut down on that. Um, but in the meantime, all we can do is apologize for it and so try to make it work in post. But please let us know what we can do to improve the podcast, uh, the website and Twitter. And I just know what you guys would like to see more of, honestly. This is for you guys, so we want to make this the best possible thing we can for you guys. So, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about the ending of Game of Thrones, like Sarm said.